it's, uh, I always find it's helpful to consider when uh, there's uh, so many comings and goings uh, in our own life or in the, the world around us that uh, we, uh, we continue to keep that in a, a context of, of uh, practicing Dhamma because um, there's a the sense of I'm here, I'm going there, that person was away, now they've come back and we, we measure the world, we, we sort of uh, describe our, our, our world and our life in terms of these kind of comings and goings as absolute realities. But uh, that's only one perspective on it. I was recollecting that many years ago, just after I arrived at Wat Pananachat, I was still a layman there. There was a, um, I was having a conversation with, with a young novice. He was a, a local Thai uh, lad, a teenager who'd been <coughs> sent to, to live at the monastery because he was uh, uh, hard to handle by his parents. So they'd sent him off to, to join the monastery for a bit. And Ajahn Chah had sent him to go and live with the, the foreigners. And he spoke a few words of English, not much. Uh, he was called Bam, novice Bam. <coughs> and his friend was Boom. So we had Boom and Bam with these two... Uh, <laughs> two naughty novices at uh, Wat Pananachat. So uh, one of the things, when I arrived at the monastery, I knew absolutely nothing about Buddhism. I, I'd never heard of Ajahn Chah until the, the day before I came to the monastery. I'd never heard of uh, Theravada or Mahayana Buddhism. I'd never read a Buddhist book. So I, I didn't really know anything about Buddhism as such. But one thing that had become really clear to me was that uh, you, uh, wherever you go, uh, you are in the mind. The mind goes wherever you go. And, uh, and the, when I uh, was in, came into the monastery, I'd been there uh, maybe two or three weeks, and uh, <coughs> this, uh, this little novice, um, uh, Bam, said, I've got to get out of this place. He knew enough English to be able to say that. <laughs> maybe he heard it from the pop song, yeah. but he said, I've got to get out of this place. And what immediately arose in my mind was the thought, well, and I said to him, where can you go? It was kind of obvious to me that wherever you go, your mind is going to be there, so you can't really go anywhere. That makes sense? <laughs> so to me at that point, even though I knew nothing about Buddhism and still had a, a confused and agitated mind of a 21-year-old uh, European, the, uh, <clears throat> that was that was extraordinarily clear to me that we can't really go anywhere because the world is known within our mind. Uh, our mind is the, the, the is the means whereby the world is experienced. So wherever you go, it's just kind of changing the the scenery. You're just changing the the backdrop, but you're always here. And the, <clears throat> but anyway, when I had this conversation with with um, with Bam, when I said, "Where can you go?" He gave me this look like. Farang is an idiot. <laughs> I can go to Bangkok, I can go to Chiang Mai, I can go anywhere from, away, away from these stupid foreigners. <laughs> That's where I can go. But uh, in my own mind, it was this, uh, this very clear sense of, well, wherever you go, your mind is, is with you. So, you, you know, effectively, you can't really go anywhere. You can't get away from this, because <laughs> this is your mind, and our mind is the, the means whereby the world is experienced. So when uh, we, we think about comings and goings, uh, I'm going here, so I'm going to Thailand on Sunday, then so yeah, well, that's one way of talking about it. Uh, or you know, I have <coughs> been to this place, or they, uh, people just came down from, uh, from Milntum Hermitage in Scotland, or people uh, just coming up from 
uh, Chithurst to, to come and visit. That certainly that's true on a on a uh, a worldly level. But uh, if we uh, if we tie our mind to those comings and goings, uh, me being here, going there, then we never find a true place of rest. We never find any true peacefulness, true uh, uh, true security. But rather, it's when we we recognize that uh, <coughs> the world happens here. That the the world is a a, 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 a an endless flow of perceptions, impressions that arise within this awareness that's always here, that's ever present. <coughs> the world takes shape uh, within our our mind, and the world externally of people and things and buildings and sky and rain and autumn leaves and the world of our thoughts, our memories, our plans, our ideas. That all takes place here. It arises here, takes shape here, and dissolves here. <clears throat> so when the mind holds it in that way, and we recognize there's not really anybody going anywhere, they're just uh, conditions of mind that are changing. Then we find a, a true spaciousness, a true peacefulness, a true stability. So it's considering birthdays, uh, there's also a an exchange that uh, a visitor had with uh, with Venerable Ajahn Chah that's it's uh, described in a little book called No Ajahn Chah, and, uh, and it recounts a conversation where someone said, uh, uh, Lumpur, uh, how old are you? Uh, and do you live here all the time? To which uh, Ajahn Chah responded, I, I don't have an age and I don't live anywhere. You might think, well, what's he talking about? How can he not have an age? He said, well, <clears throat> to, to say you have an age means that the mind is identified with the body, with the person, that the if the mind recognizes the body is not self, then what is it that's got an age? You know, and uh, the mind, when we uh, recognize it, we see it really doesn't have an age. People might be embarrassed by how old they are, whether they're 37 or 57, or 60. <laughs> or <clears throat> but uh, it's only the body that ages, and the mind doesn't really have an age. Uh, my my uh, sisters told me when uh, I was when I was 40, 20 years ago. Uh, they, one, my elder sister had been out shopping with my mother. They were walking down the street in the local town, and suddenly my mother stopped in her tracks. She said, "How can we be buying a, a present for my little my little boy's fortieth uh, birthday when I'm only twenty eight? She always felt like she was twenty eight, <laughs> even though she was seventy something or eighty. So the mind doesn't really have an age, and when we we look and we see the body changes, but Really, the mind does not have an age. It's not tied to the world of time. So when Ajahn Chah said, uh, <coughs> yeah, said uh, uh, I don't have an age, he's speaking from the, uh, the voice of that timeless awareness, that uh, unborn, undying, uh, ever-present quality uh, of knowing. And when he said, I don't live anywhere, it's like, awareness, a place like Amravati or uh, Chithurst or Miltum or Thailand, <coughs> Places appear within the perceptions. The places appear within the uh, the field of of seeing, hearing, smelling, tasting, touching. But that which knows a place, that which knows the configuration of Amravati Sala on a Tuesday morning, <coughs> that uh, that is not anywhere. A place and uh, the idea of being somewhere only applies to the sense world. That which is aware, that which is awake, doesn't have a uh, a connection doesn't have a, a, a fixed location. Doesn't uh, place and uh, location 
doesn't really apply. Now, I know that English is not the first language of most people here, <laughs> and this might be sounding a bit esoteric, but it's good to consider a simple question of, you know, where is the mind? You might say, well, yeah, <laughs> it's here in my, in my brain. Uh, but just to, to meditate on that question, uh, where am I? Where is the mind? And when, when that's looked into, when that's explored, something in the heart knows, actually, awareness doesn't really apply. You know, the, the mind is always, is always here. And <clears throat> the, the sense of being someplace, that's, that's just a, a, a kind of superficial impression. Because places come and go uh, and arise and pass away within the, the field of awareness. Now, that might sound uh, kind of impractical or, or, or pointless or meaningless, but uh, I encourage us to investigate that, just to take that question. You know, where am I? Where, where is this? And to, to listen to the heart, to listen to that intuition, that voice of wisdom in the heart that goes, oh, <laughs> oh, that, uh, <coughs> that realizes that... Uh, that the idea of being somewhere, someplace, doesn't really apply in the, the deepest uh, layers of our experience. Another thing that uh, Ajahn Chah used to say was, uh, he'd ask people a question, a kind of puzzle. He'd say, if you can't go forward and you can't go back, and you can't stand still, where do you go? He'd say, well, sideways? <laughs> said, no, you can't go sideways either. Well, climb a tree? <laughs> Now you can't you can't climb a tree. You can't dig a hole in the ground. Can't go forwards. Can't go back. Can't go sideways. Where do you go? And he would put that to people to see how they would answer. And uh, <clears throat> the if you want the the solution, <laughs> at least my my understanding of the solution is, as long as we conceive of ourselves as this separate individual person passing through time and being in a a particular place. Then there's going forwards, going backwards, standing still. But when the mind lets go of identification with the body, with time, with, with location, then <clears throat> there is uh, a, a, the, a mind which is awake, which is present, but, is, but to which neither uh, going forward, going back, or standing still applies. But those, those don't have any meaning. And so that uh, Ajahn Chah would make this kind of a question uh, to people. And, uh, and then when it's explored and understood, we can realize that it's only when there's a letting go, a non-identification with the body, with the personality, with being born, with, being, uh, with dying, arriving, departing, then when the mind does not identify with those, then there's real freedom. Uh, as the Buddha said, uh, there is that dimension of being, that ayatana, where there's <clears throat> no coming, no going, no standing still. And that's what uh, Ajahn Chah was basing his teaching on. So, and this, uh, this dimension of being, this ayatana, yeah, where there's no coming, no going, no standing still, no arising, no disappearing, that this indeed is the end of dukkha. This is the end of suffering. So uh, I offer these few words to consider on this, uh, this, uh, this day, uh, apparent day. <laughs> so please uh, take what is useful and consider, and whatever is not, then please leave aside.